Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love. With the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices. Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves. And contemplate things together that make us be the best we can be. My name is Rochelle Doyle, and I need mental space to be innovative. My name is Cindy Bradshaw, and I need discipline to tap into my imagination. And today we are talking about creativity. Creativity is defined as the tendency to generate or recognize ideas, alternatives, or possibilities that may be useful in solving problems, communicating with others, and entertaining ourselves and others. I just love the entertaining ourselves and others. Creativity is all about that. Why do you think creativity is important? Because it's showing what you like in the world, what excites you, what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning, what keeps you going. So you think creativity is what makes you you? It's showing the world who you are? Absolutely. And tapping into your creativity is a good way of figuring that out if you don't know who you are. There was a drama teacher that talked about acting in plays, and she'd introduced this concept of acting being an opportunity to try on different characters and personalities and using that to realize who you are. What makes it really important right now is that we were raised on this sort of banking system of education where you memorized facts and then you spewed out those facts. That's not necessary anymore. It's more so what are you going to do with all of the information in the world to set yourself apart and to make your life? Absolutely. Part of creativity is figuring out how you can learn things in the best way for yourself, which is completely different for each and every person. And I think creativity shows you those ways. Maybe it's through art that you really remember things. Tapping into that is really figuring out how you personally can use your creativity to learn in the best way you can as well. It can help to serve not only whatever kind of contribution you're making outwardly in the world, but it can nurture you inwardly to be able to find and tap into your creativity. So what gives you creative juice? What do you do to get creative? It's what gets you excited. Maybe it's something that you could spend an entire Saturday afternoon doing and you'd be perfectly happy. I have a great time spending an afternoon together talking about these topics. That's how I tap into that creative juice. Everyone's is very different. Yeah. What about you? I mainly think about what blocks my creativity first and about making sure that my environment is right. If I'm hungry, if I'm tired, if I'm irritated, I'm not in the right space for my brain to generate new ideas or to be creative. So I think setting up a good foundation helps with my creativity. We went through the artist's way together that book by Julia Cameron. That's the one. And the morning pages was an example of something that can be really helpful for creativity. Just doing a brain dump in the morning to see what's inhibiting me and what's blocking me or working through things a little bit. 
I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said setting up your mind. And I actually think creativity is the exact opposite of that. Personally, it's about getting out of your mind. The more I think about things, the more I think I should do this or should do that. But the more I just get in the flow and take a hike or rest my mind and not think about things, that's when the creative juices really come out. It's like I'm sitting, looking at nature, and then I start like humming some new tune that I just created. It wouldn't have come out of me if I was thinking too much about it. Where I do think there needs to be some setup, and I use that with quotation marks, is in creating space in your life for us. You're so right on not necessarily putting yourself in front of a pen and a paper and saying, this is the time right now, it has to come out. But if we don't give ourselves any time, there's this saying, it's Viktor Frankl, honoring that space in between stimulus and a response, but just giving yourself space to be creative. And even in painting classes that I've taken, where I do the initial part of the painting, the same as everybody else, there's going to be 20, 30 minutes where I start to play a little bit more with the painting. And it looks different now because what if I put a little flower over here? Or what if I added a crown to this person? So giving yourself a space helps to put you in a frame to be creative. Using the example of painting, when you get in your head and think too much about what other people are doing, it tends to influence what you're doing. I'm always like that at those painting things. It really takes away from that creativity. I'm probably better in situations where I just have a blank canvas at home and I'm not influenced by anyone. Not everybody's that way. Some people might find inspiration in looking at other people's paintings, but it makes me feel insecure about my painting. It's funny because some of my ideas come from other people. Like you're saying on the hike, you might see a tree that's beautiful and that becomes an inspiration for you to draw or sketch it. I might hear the flow of a poem or the subject of a poem, and that inspires me to try and write things on my own. It all comes from somewhere. And it's so tapping into who you're really meant to be, quieting enough to hear those messages that you need to hear. And that's those creative juices where you just don't even expect it. But all of a sudden, and you're right, it could be another person. It could be you're inspired by watching someone like a fashion designer doing what they love best, not because you want to be a fashion designer, but you're just in awe of them following those creative juices and feeling like totally in alignment with themselves and what they're meant to do. We were talking about Lady Gaga and her meat dress and you want that, right? but it has to be in your own way. And I can't make a meat suit like Lady Gaga or sing the song that she does. (laughs) What's my meat suit? Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be asking. (laughs) What's your meat suit? (laughs) So you talked a little bit about what blocks your creativity. Is there anything else that you can think about that kind of hinders it? And I'd go back to not being in the right headspace. So many things I'm realizing as I'm 52 years old, you really have to quiet your mind to hear what's supposed to happen for you. And if you just listen to all the static all the time, you're just really not going to get there. It's about quieting and creating space. You were talking about creating that creative space to write morning pages or do something that inspires you. Same thing with meditation, or if you really feel great getting a massage once a week, then spend the money and get a massage once a week if you have it and can figure it out. You really can't Mm -hmm. do it with a ton of static going on. And I'm learning that at each and every day. I am too. And 
there's a chart that we should include on our website that talks about the kind of productivity that emerges out of stress. And when you're totally burnt out, stressed out, got too much on your plate, you're not creative, you're not productive. And it doesn't mean that you have to quit everything just to do this either. You have to ask yourself if what you're doing matters enough to Mm. create space in your life for it. And you also have to prioritize. You can really get bogged down with work or family obligations. But at the beginning of the day, you have to set your day and say, what's going to really enrich me today? If I take 15 minutes to do morning pages Maybe that needs to be my top priority over anything else. Setting yourself up for success. Definitely. I agree. I've really been struggling with writing my book right now because there's moments where I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'll have a thought randomly in the car or something, and I'll just want to pull over and write about it. For whatever reason, I'm inspired and it's exciting. And then I'll sit down and have scheduled time to write. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not feeling it. Does that? change if you start to get into a flow and you just practice writing you block off time and then of course your resistance self is sitting there on the couch or sitting with a book and it's hard to get to the table but what happens if you get to the table Yeah, it definitely helps. It might be a little bit of a start stop feel, but I do think you do have to create that space and sit in it, whether you wrote a word or not, just like dedicating time to it, because that is going to Mm -hmm. eventually create the book. You can't write a book if you're not sitting down writing. (laughs) So in order to keep yourself motivated, I do think you need to make space for things. So where do you find time to create? I need to find more time to create for sure. Scheduling it has been the only thing that has been consistently good for me. Scheduling it is incredibly important. We schedule meetings, we schedule everything in life, and we don't schedule mental health time for ourselves. So one thing that I'm really trying to do this year is to schedule time for my prayer. And you were saying earlier that you go on a walk and do an hour listening to things, that's an example of giving yourself space. Yeah. And you just have to build it in because you won't do it if you don't. And you have to always question when you don't want to do it, because most of the time when I don't want to do those things, it's because I want to fill it with busyness of something that's not important. (laughs) Yeah. The other thing too, is your habit life is huge in this. If you start to do it, it's easier to do it. It's the same thing as working out, as eating right, is if you engage in a practice, then it starts to become a part of who you are. Same way with meditation. If I step away even for two weeks, spending 10 minutes trying to calm my brain is really hard. But once you commit, you can find that place and you can sit with it longer If you're trying to create more balance in your life, that's what's creating it, scheduling those things in. I also think another big piece that when we did the artist's way, we had accountability partners. There were three of us saying, did you do that? And for a bunch of people pleasers, that's a good thing. Because if I'm not 100% doing it for myself, I'll do it for you, which creates me doing what I really need to do. I never would have done it on my own. I would have given up. 
after week two and allowed busyness to come in and having to check in on that call and to have good accountability partners too, because the weeks that we were able to say, I didn't do it. Life has been crazy. In the middle of the artist's way, a pandemic happened. So things did get crazy. But when I say good, I mean somebody who's similar enough to you that if you have Greta Go-Getter and every single week you're pissing her off because you didn't do it. (laughs) Because you're walking in with shame and she's walking in with frustration. But we were able to find three people that were relatively on the same page of work, kids, family, life, everything. And it was really good because we also asked each other questions like, why didn't you make space for that? Mm -hmm. It's not to make the other person feel bad, but it's also to say, are you compromising yourself a little bit because you didn't do it? You definitely have to take the guilt and shame out of it, but have people that are not going to make you feel terrible every time you don't do something, but that will also ask you to step up for yourself. Who's someone that you consider to be super creative? I would say my son. He tries so many different creative outlets like music and art. And he loves to create. And he does that constantly. And I have so much respect for it. And what do you think you see in him that's worth trying on, worth trying to emulate? He tries many different things. He goes for it. He does not let anything stop him from being his true self or doing what makes him happy. He is not going to just take a job to make money. He's going to do something that feeds his soul. That is really nice. What about you? Someone I consider to be super creative. My friend Vince, he's got this gorgeous backyard that he's designed and it's tricked out in a way that's so him. And I sometimes compare it to myself, which you know totally shouldn't do, but his is this beautiful mess. And I feel like I'm a mess mess. He focuses on things that he loves. So there's little nuances of Disney and he loves sports. So there's going to be aspects of giants throughout his backyard. That's really neat. And it's incorporated all through his home. It makes it him when you walk in to his house and feels super warm and cozy, but also him, not sterile. Does that inspire you to be more creative being around him? It does. It makes me want to create. So I think about most people that I really think are creative and they have a love of something and it makes me feel like it's okay to focus on your love. So if you love mixing cocktails, then maybe you can be the best mixologist that there is friends or my son, people that I find really creative, I admire it and might think, wow, I wish I could play an instrument like that. Or wow, I wish I could paint like that. But most of all, it makes me want to look at what do I contribute to the world that makes me feel happy in the same way I see them doing that. Absolutely. I don't want to have a Disney backyard. But the principle of loving my space is really important. And so maybe I'll try on whatever that looks like as a small fractal of an example. As we see them, there's this level of a lack of care about what other people are thinking about them. That's what I admire the most is it's frustrating to me as a mother to like, oh, why don't you do this or that? But it's 
so refreshing to see someone who's like, no, this is what I need to do to be whole as a person. And that's what I'm going to do. So I have a ton of respect for it. My goddaughter, gosh, she was three years old. Whenever her mom would go in the store, it was easier to stay with her in the car or stay right outside the car. And we would play music and we would just dance on the side of the car, just have crazy dance parties. And she would shriek with laughter and it was so much fun. I remember when she first started kindergarten, we went somewhere and mom went inside. And so I was like, dance party. And she was like, yeah. And we hop out of the car and she starts dancing. And then she kind of looks around her and she's like, wait a second, people can see me. They're going to think we're stupid. It was at that moment, my heart broke for her. This is that part of your innocent childhood is gone. Now you have to be worried about what other people say and what other people think. It seems to me like that's what we're trying to break through in being creative, in breaking through those societal norms. In corporations, they value innovation. So how do you get innovation without being creative and without breaking through the norms? So there's got to be this lack of care. When you and I were doing The Artist's Way, you had to go back to your childhood to see what things you really enjoyed creatively. And that's tapping into what you may still be enjoying as an adult. And so I think it's like your goddaughter in some ways that when you're really little, your natural abilities, you just follow them because you don't have any like, oh, this person's going to say that I dance weird, or you just don't have that in your brain yet. And then those things happen and you go to school and you're more insecure. But at some point when you get older, you stop caring about that again. (laughs) And you just say, you know what, I need to just go for this because it makes me happy. And who cares what anybody says? And different people, obviously, My son's young and he's figured it out already. I'm just figuring this out. People have different times that they get there. And maybe some kids never get self-conscious. I think it's a process. You were talking about how we're supposed to look at what we enjoyed when we were kids. And maybe that's what we like now. Is there anything that you really liked doing when you were a kid? Of course, I loved playing like make-believe and having like my own store and pretending like customers were coming in. But one thing I look back on is if I was homesick for the day, I had a little typewriter and I would just sit and write stories all day. That's what I did for fun. If I was by myself all day, that's what I did. Mm. I've always liked writing, but I got so busy in life that I stopped writing and now I'm writing again. So that's something that I've definitely lost touch with. I'm now bringing it back and it feels really right. What about you? Do you have anything like that? Reading. I was a huge bookworm and it's something that I don't make as much time for anymore. Writing. I really liked writing. Playing. And that's something that I am making more time for. At a certain point, your parents tell you you're supposed to do this for work and this is what a job is supposed to look like and You push those things to the side, but now going to the market and smelling different candles and touching all the things that I wasn't allowed to touch when I was a kid is fun. As a parent, I want to tell my son, what you're doing is great, but you need to make money. And I'm always steering him in the direction that's actually the opposite. He's of the belief, if I do the things that make me happy, money will come. I'll figure it out. 
Like that's where I want him to be. But I have a hard time with that as a parent too. It's just my upbringing and my parents telling me, no, you have to do this and my experience in the world, but he's doing exactly what he should be doing. So what role does the heart versus the head play in creativity? So getting back to your goddaughter, I think the heart is just what moves you. The music comes on and you just are feeling it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the head comes along, sometimes it tells you like, don't do that. Mm -hmm. You'll look stupid. Or the head can be very beneficial in creativity too. It could be that you had to think through certain steps and that's how you started painting really well. There's a purpose in it, but creativity to me comes more from the feeling life than the thinking life. What do you think? They keep each other in balance. Heart might want to consider my art as punching a hole through the door and then putting some gemstones around it, but head says, maybe try it on canvas first. It's like a checks and balance. Yes, it's a form of balance, (laughs) exactly. I also think we don't often give ourselves credit because we all practice creativity every day. And I think about this with parents, especially the improvisation that you have to have is huge to myriad circumstances. I would say what dinner I'm putting on the table, especially because I rarely cook the same meal more than once. (laughs) There's a little bit of creativity there that you're practicing every day. And how I approach problems is some creativity that is head-spaced and can lead into that more heart-spaced creativity that I would imagine is setting aside time to do something deliberate. That's it. Because there's times where you're not feeling it Mm. and you just keep doing it. Like we were talking about, if you like plan to write morning pages every day, some days you're going to feel really creative and some really great. I've had this happen where it's like, oh my gosh, I have the best ideas today. (laughs) I'm just writing them all down and it just seems amazing. And I'm totally in flow. Mm -hmm. And then there's days where I'm just writing to write and it just feels awkward and weird. But If you just keep writing on those days that feel awkward and weird, that's where those like creative juice is going to come eventually. But you have to show up for yourself. You do. That's really key is showing up for yourself. It's also key to realize that you're not always going to be creative and you're not always going to be a genius in your thought. And that's really unrealistic to think that way. But if you just show up for yourself and make time and space for it, those things will happen eventually. It's like when you meditate, sometimes you meditate and you don't get anything from the universe or wherever you're getting it from. And then the next day you do it and it's like all these messages come in. So you're not the same every day. That's why it's really important to focus on the process and not the product. You just have to stay doing whatever it is that you're doing and like it. Stay the course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so does it matter if people don't like something you've created? There's a certain motivation. If, for example, if I drew something and people said, that is super creative drawing you just did. I've never seen anything like that. I might be like, oh, I'm super creative. And I'm going to draw more of these things. So I'll be more motivated to do more of it. So I do think there's a certain external gratification you get from people liking what you're putting out in the world. So it matters somewhat in that way. However, creativity should just be your creativity and you really need to figure out how to create it without caring if someone likes it or not. Yeah, it's really hard because 
when we go back to thinking about innovation and breaking through the norms, it almost seems like you have to be able to reject the perception of the quality of the finished product. That point is irrelevant because if it's truly creative, then so many people are not going to see the value in it. And how many people have like died before their art was like recognized and things like they might never see the value, but you have to keep creating if that's what feeds your soul. That's the important piece. Are you getting out of life what you need your best life to be? And then it shouldn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. What are you going to take away and practice from this conversation? I need to set up a schedule and time to use my creativity on a daily, weekly basis so that I can live a happier life. It's about making space for the things that feed your soul. Mm -hmm. What about you? Aristotle said it. We are what we repeatedly do. I want to remember that and think about that in terms of what it is that I want out of life. This week, I want to focus on a mantra of I am enough and I'm going to practice. That sounds awesome. If that's all I have at the end of the day, then that's good. 